Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Forward Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Party, and today we're going to be talking about the Carolina Panthers and our Who Are They series. Let's get it started. Alright, so before we get things started, first thing, if you're watching this on video, I made myself a hoodie. thought that was pretty cool. I don't know, just something pretty simple and easy, going to wear it around, get some free self-advertising. Or not free, but you know, um, if anyone else wants one, let me know, uh, reach out to me and I'll try to get you one. Uh, secondly, in case you're new here, um, what we do is I go over team by team, position by position and break down the roster. At the end of all that, I give a optimistic and a pessimistic overview of the season, as well as talk about their over under win total and then break down um, their biggest strength and their biggest weakness. At the end of this whole series, I'm going to be doing a final season prediction where season prediction sorry where where i will give my whole um wins for each and every team as well as a playoff prediction and then i think i'm also going to do a prediction for um mvp and all the different types of awards all right and without further ado let's get into the carolina panthers so starting off with quarterbacks they have sam darnold matt corral pj walker and davis cheeks so many hoped that year one away from Adam Gase and the Jets would help spark Sam Donald's career, as the first three years with the Jets flashed some promise, but mostly showed us a quarterback with poor accuracy and even worse decision making. While the Panthers started 3-0 and Donald was playing some of the best balls of his career, it looked like the Panthers were right to trade for him. Then, he regressed and looked worse than he did in New York. Playing on his fifth year option with a rookie quarterback behind him, this may be Donald's last chance to prove he can start in this league. Corral, he showed a lot of promise at Ole Miss, being accurate, having a strong arm, and showing functional athleticism. However, much of their offense was RPO-based, so he will have to learn how to run a pro-style offense, and he has struggled with injuries as a smaller quarterback. However, here he could see the field sooner rather than later. And then P.J. Walker, he was going to be the XFL's MVP before it shut down, which kind of shows the talent disparity at quarterback as he was a third string behind Sam Donald and Cam Newton last year and will likely be third string again this year. And then Cheek, he's an undrafted free agent out of Elon Phoenix. We'll see if he makes the roster. At running back, they have Christian McCaffrey, Chuba Hubbard, Deontay Foreman, Spencer Brown, Darius Bradwell, John Lovett, and Giovanni Ritchie. So when healthy, McCaffrey is one of the best running backs in the NFL. His last full season, he posted almost 1,400 yards and 15 touchdowns on the ground to go with 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns through the air. However, that was all the way back in 2019. McCaffrey has played 10 games in the past two seasons, fighting through injuries even when on the field. If he can't stay healthy, then he's going to be a true game changer for this offense, but that's becoming a bigger and bigger if. Hubbard was drafted in the fourth last year and started for McCaffrey when he went down with injuries. He finished with 600 yards and 5 touchdowns on the ground and another 101 touchdowns through the air. Hopefully in year 2 he can be more of a complimentary back while still producing about the same numbers. Foreman looked good as Derrick Henry's replacement last year in Tennessee having 3 100-yard games. He finished the season with 566 yards and 3 touchdowns along with uh, another 100 yards throughout the air. Foreman likely will be this team's main power back, potentially seeing a lot of action if McCaffrey were to miss more time. Brown, he went undrafted last year and didn't play. Bradwell went undrafted two years ago, only fe seeing a few snaps with the Chargers last year. 
Lovett is a UDFA this season out of Penn State, and Richie is a fullback who played a bit after being undrafted back in 2020, but has only so far been used as a blocker. At wide receiver, they have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr., Richard Higgins, Brandon Zylstra, Shee Smith, Keith Kirkwood, Andre Roberts, CJ Sanders, Charleston Rambo, Rashawn Henry, Andrew Parchment, and Derek Wright. DJ Moore is one of the most underrated receivers in the league. In the past three years, he's posted 1,100-yard receiving uh, seasons despite having quarterbacks like Sam Donald, Teddy Bridgewater, and Kyle Allen throwing him the ball, amongst many more. He should be a true number one for this offense once again this year. In his first year in Carolina, away from Sam Darnold, Anderson was one of the best deep threats in the league and had over 1,000 yards. Then Darnold followed him to Carolina and Anderson regressed, boasting over 500 yards in this past campaign. Hopefully he can play at his peak performance again, regardless of the quarterback performance, but we've yet to see that. He's also tweeted that he's thinking about retirement and honestly all the memes coming along with it about Sam Darnold is pretty funny. Marshall was part of that legendary 2019 receiving room, but while Jefferson and Chase hit the ground running, Marshall had a pretty disappointing rookie year. The second rounder mostly played from the slot and had 17 catches for 138 yards with no touchdowns. He has a lot of potential as he looked great as LSU's number one before opting out and declaring for the draft, but he has to really prove it entering year two. Higgins has been solid depth. Uh, for years with Cleveland, even posting a 600-yard season with four touchdowns in 2020, but his best role has been a complimentary fourth or fifth receiver. Zylstra is a death piece who can play both slot and out wide, racking up 250 yards last year with the Panthers. Smith was the senior bowl standout last year and was drafted by the Panthers in the sixth round. Playing primarily slot, he had only 100 yards all season, so hopefully he can be a bit more productive in year two. Kirkwood went undrafted back in 2018, but hasn't done much in the league yet. Andre Roberts is a return specialist, but he is getting up there in age at 34. Sanders went undrafted last year, hardly played. And then Rambo, Henry, Parchment, and Wright are all undrafted free agents this season. At tight end, they have Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble, Stephen Sullivan, Colin Thompson, and Josh Babix. Thompson has been a pretty unspectacular tight end for Carolina failing to crack 200 yards since his rookie season back in 2018 and not even catching a touchdown all of last season. With only four in his career total, 2018 also being the only season where he had more than one touchdown. That's what makes this three-year, $17 million contract they awarded him so curious. I thought Thomas would go somewhere else or even stay here and be a backup, but he's earning more like starter money here, so it's curious on how they'll use him. Um... Maybe they didn't like what they saw out of Tommy Tremble and felt like they needed to have someone else to start. Uh, He was a third rounder last year and saw his snaps split between inline and slot mostly, having 180 yards and a touchdown as a rookie. Hopefully he can be a bit more developed in year two and take the starting job from the underwhelming Thomas. Sullivan, he hasn't done much in his first two years. He was a seventh round draft pick by the Seahawks. Thompson is a blocking tight end specialist, um, not providing much at all as a receiver. And then Babix is a UDFA this season out of North Dakota State. Along their offensive line, they have Ike McQuanu, Brady Christensen, Bradley Bozeman, Austin Corbett, and Taylor Moton slated to start with Dennis Daly, Wyatt Miller, 
Cam Irving and Austin Pleasants as backup tackles. Michael Jordan, Mike Horton, Deontay Brown, and Cade Mize as backup guards. And Pat Effline and Sam Tecklenburg as backup centers. So Aquanu is an extremely gifted tackle prospect, which is why he was taken 6th overall in this past draft. Extremely strong and athletic, he should be one of the best run blockers right out of the gate. He has a lot to work to do in pass pro, so hopefully he can start showing some development throughout his rookie season, but he should be fun to watch definitely, bringing that bully mentality to this offensive line. Daly has not looked so good so far in three years with Carolina, but he provides some guard tackle flexibility as depth, and Miller hasn't played since being undrafted back in 2019. Christensen played decently for a rookie at tackle and guard last year, but he will be turning 26 already this September. Right now, it looks like this left guard will be the biggest question mark with Christensen slated to be starting there, but many others will be competing for this spot. Jordan has been pretty bad for the Bengals and then last year with the Panthers. Um, he was the one to give up the sack that tore Joe Burrow's ACL, and he's averaged about 11 games a season with 31 pressures a season, which is almost three a game, which is like crazy. Um, he's likely just to be a backup this year. Horton, he went undrafted two years ago, but hasn't really played yet. Um, Bozeman was a huge get for this Carolina offensive line. The former six-round pick got better and better each year and did look like one of the better centers in the year um, last year after being um, a mostly a guard a couple years before that. He should instantly bring at least like minimum level starter to play to here, but he could potentially be even better than that. Elfline's best season was as a rookie, where afterwards he struggle, struggled and had surgeries and never could regain his uh, form. After dealing with injuries and struggling both at guard and center, he'll likely just be a backup now. Tecklenburg went undrafted back in 2020 and played a bit last year, but didn't look impressive when out there. Corbett disappointed early in Cleveland, but then looked like one of the league's better guards when out in Los Angeles. We'll see if that was the Rams working some magic or if he can continue to be a plus starter at guard here with Carolina. Brown was drafted in the sixth round last year, but hardly saw any playing time, and Mays was drafted in the sixth round this season out of Tennessee. Moton is one of the league's best right tackles, and has been a rock along Carolina's offensive line since first starting back in 2018. And he should continue to help now in a hopefully improved offensive line here. Irving was a disappointing first-round pick for Cleveland in 2015 and has bounced around the league, not sticking anywhere and disappointing when he has started. And then Pleasance, he went undrafted back in 2020, but has not played yet. Along the interior defensive line, they have Derek Brown, Matt Ioannidis, Davion Nixon, Bravion Roy, Frank Heron, Phil Hoskins, and Marquand McCall. Brown has been disappointing for the ninth overall pick just two seasons ago with five sacks and 16 TFLs so far in his career. We'll see if he can take a step up in year three or if he's going to continue just to be like a meh average starting defensive tackle. Ioannidis is one of the best pass rushing D linemen playing mostly three to five techs in his time in Washington as a rotational pass rusher. We'll see if he plays the same role here or if he will be seen more as an every down lineman. Nixon was drafted in the fifth last year, uh, not playing too much as a rookie, but sh should see more action now in a thin room. 
Warrior was drafted in the sixth round of 2020 and mostly plays nose tackle, but he has not impressed so far in his career. Huron was undrafted in 2018 and hasn't played much so far throughout his career, taking only eight snaps all of last season. Hoskins was drafted in the seventh round last year, also not playing too much yet, and McCall is a UDFA out of Kentucky this year. At edge defenders, they have Brian Burns, Eter Grossmatos, Marquise Haynes, Amari Barno, Jacob Tuio D. Mariner, Daryl Johnson, Austin Larkin, Aaron Mosby, and Drew Jordan. Burns has been a great pass rusher for the Panthers with over 50 pressures and 9 sacks these past two seasons. He's one of the better young edge rushers in the league and has the chance to establish himself as a true number one now. Gross Matos was a project pick at the top of the second in 2020. So far he hasn't lived up to that pedigree, but he still isn't even 25. Uh, we'll see if he can unlock himself this year to form a nice one-two punch between him and Burns. Haynes is a rotational edge who has been with Carolina since being drafted in the fourth back in 2018. If Gross Matos can't take the next step, Haynes will likely be called upon to carry the slack, but it is up to question whether he would be able to. Barno is a complete project drafted in the this sixth round this past season with a record-breaking 4.36 speed and a 98th percentile broad jump. He needs to add a lot more strength and weight as he is under 250 pounds, which is crazy for this position. Um, he likely won't play much as a rookie as his body has a lot of development to do as long as well as his game, but if he can grow, he has good potential a few years down the line. Tuiotu Mariner went Tuioti Mariner went undrafted and spent the past three seasons with Atlanta as a pass rush specialist type, but not finding too much success there so far in his career. Johnson saw some playing time in his first two years with Buffalo, but didn't do much with it, and last year he hardly got on the field with Carolina. Uh, Larkin, he went undrafted back in 2018, but has hardly seen this field these past four years, and Mosby and Jordan are both UDFAs from this season. At linebacker, they have Shaq Thompson, Damian Wilson, Frank Lovu, Brandon Smith, Corey Littleton, Julian Stanford, Kamal Martin, Isaiah Graham Mobley, and Colin Tolson. Thompson has shown some high-end flashes throughout his career and has been one of the better cover linebackers. He took a step back when Moore was put on his plate suddenly with Keekley's retirement, but he looked much better in year two without him. Wilson has been a league average starter at linebacker, bouncing around these past couple seasons. Lovu, he plays a hybrid edge linebacker role and will likely see a lot more snaps now that Reddick left in free agency. Smith is a great athlete drafted in the fourth this season out of Penn State, and if he can learn um, a bit more behind Thompson, he can develop into a pretty great coverage linebacker potentially. Littleton played safety in college and went undrafted back in 2016, and with the Rams, he developed into one of the league's best cover linebackers, and then he joined the Raiders and just looked absolutely terrible there. So hopefully he can regain some form now that he's with Carolina. Stanford has been in the league since 2012, but doesn't even have a 1,000 total defensive snaps. Um, he's more of a special teams guy. Martin was drafted in the 5th by Green Bay in 2020, and he looked decent in limited snaps there as a rookie, but was released and barely played at all with Carolina last year. Graham Mobley and Tolson are both UDFAs from this year's class. So at cornerback, they have J.C. Horn, Dante Jackson, C.J. Henderson, Keith Taylor, Rashawn Melvin, Miles Hartsfield, 
Kaylon Barnes, Stantley Thomas Oliver, Chris Westry, and Madre Harper. J.C. Horn was having an incredible rookie season where he only allowed one catch for eight yards off of five targets and 95 coverage snaps before breaking his foot in week three. Hopefully he can come back in year two and be a true number one for this team. Jackson is a smaller, speedy corner who is 5'10 but runs a 4'3'2". So far throughout his career, he's looked best at number two, so hopefully he can continue to be that with Horn healthy. C.J. Henderson was drafted ninth overall in 2020, but was traded by Jacksonville early in 2021, and he played decently here in Carolina. He still has a bunch of upside to achieve, but he doesn't have much experience in the slot, and neither do the two in front of him, so it will be interesting to see who plays where this season. Taylor was drafted in the fifth last year and played a decent amount for a rookie, but will likely be depth this year. Um, Melvin has bounced all around the league with 2017 playing for the Colts being his best season. He's consistently average outside of those years and should be able to provide some alright play if Carolina struggles with injuries. Hartsfield is the first primary nickel on this roster. He went undrafted back in 2020 and saw a good amount of snaps last year, but didn't play that exceptionally, so he'll likely be the backup nickel this season. Barnes almost set the 40-yard dash record this year with a 4 but still was only drafted in the 7th. We'll see if he can develop into something as a speed sure gives him a chance. Thomas Oliver hasn't seen much action since being drafted in the 7th back in 2020. Westry went undrafted in 2019 and saw some starting time there for a depleted Ravens team, looking mostly alright, but getting roasted by the Bears pretty badly. And then Harper went undrafted last year, but he hardly played. At safety, they have Jeremy Chan, Xavier Woods, Justin Burris, Sean Chandler, Kenny Robinson Jr., and Sam Franklin. Chan was a high upside pick at the end of the second round in 2020, and so far has appeared to hit, playing like one of the better safeties in the league. So far, mostly playing in the box, though. We'll see if his role expands or if he'll just stick to what he's um, already known to be good at. Woods was a really solid free safety for Dallas, but definitely took a step backwards last year in Minnesota. If he can regain his Dallas form, these two could be one of the best safety duos in the league, but that's obviously up to whether he can or not. Burris has been a decent rotational safety throughout his career, disappointing when he was given the chance to start two years ago with Carolina, so he'll probably stay as that rotational role. And then Chandler was the one rotating with Burris last year um, beside Chin. So it'll be interesting to see who wins the safety three spots between the two of them. And then also Robinson Jr., who was drafted in the 5th of 2020 and even got the start back in Week 18 last year. So maybe he'll be able to throw his hat into the safety three competition. Uh, Franklin, he went on drafted back in 2020, not doing much in the limited snaps he's gotten so far in his career. So for special teams, they have Zane Gonzalez at kicker, Johnny Hecker at punter, and J.J. Jansen and Thomas Fletcher battling it out for a long snapper. Zane Gonzalez um, had an up-and-down career so far, but last year he had over 90% of his kicks with Carolina and only missed from 50-plus. Hecker has been an all-pro with his time in his Rams, having another good season last year with only one touchback and now bringing his talents to Carolina. And then Jansen, he's been Carolina's long snapper for years, but the end might be coming soon with him as Fletcher was drafted in the sixth round last year to replace him. However, Fletcher missed all of last season on the IR, so the battle stays alive. 
And then this is where I get to my season projection. I'm going to give the floor and ceiling of what I think this team can achieve, as well as some pessimistic things that can go wrong and optimistic everything that can go right. Then I'll talk about their over under win total, whether I think it's smart to go over or under on that, and then their biggest strength and their weakness. So pessimistically, um, I can see this team also in competition, just like this last um, team, the Falcons, going for the number one overall pick. Um, some things that can go wrong is Donald, he just continues to play poorly, and Corral is not ready as a rookie. McCaffrey, he gets injured again, and the rest of the running backs can't carry the load with him. DJ Moore continues to look good, but Robbie Anderson either retires or looks bad again with Darnold, and Marshall does not take a step forward in year two. Thomas and Trumbull, they play like average at best tight ends, and Iquanu struggles in pass pro as a rookie. And all this newness along this interior offensive line causes some struggles and lack of chemistry. On defense, Brown continues to look just alright, but nothing special, and Gross Matos continues to disappoint with Burns looking just good, not great, like he has these past couple seasons. Shaq Thomas plays like the only plus linebacker, and J.C. Horn, he struggles a bit coming back from injury, seeing his first real playing time. Um, Chen, he keeps playing well at box safety, but then Woods over top struggles at free safety. And then the ceiling for this team, I think, is 6-10. and 10. Um, Realistically, if you want to say... Either Corral explodes onto the team or Darnold looks, reminds everyone why he was drafted number three overall. I think this team would be a lot better. I just don't see that happening. And with the state of the roster right now, I don't think they can carry their quarterbacks to anything above six wins. Um, Darnold, he could play at least like average level maybe, and that would help get them closer to six, maybe higher. Or Corral, he can come in hot as a rookie, as I said. Um, McCaffrey... If he stays healthy and looks like his old self, that would be a huge help for this team. And Moore and Anderson looking like the dynamic duo they were in 2020 would be amazing. Um, and then if Tommy Tremble can step up and be this team's um, true receiving weapon at tight end or Thomas earns the contract that he was given him, um, that would be great. And then all the additions along this offensive line help it to become average at worst. The starting group, of Burns, Browns, I, or Burns, Brown, Ionitis, and Gross Matos hits their potential and becomes one of the best pass rush units in the league, and someone is able to step up behind, besides Thompson at linebacker. Horn, he comes back healthy and plays great, with Jackson staying solid at number two, and Henderson reminds us all why he was a top 10 pick just two years ago. And then over top, Chen and Woods look like one of the great safety duos. For this team to win more than five games, I wouldn't think that Sam Darnold would need to look significantly better or Matt Corral would need to look at least decent as a rookie, which I just don't really see happening. Um, I just don't think there are like, realistic expectations to put on a young guy like Corral or Sam Darnold who just hasn't, like, he's shown the flashes but not the consistency to put it all together. So if I had to pick a over-under, I definitely would be going with the under of five or less wins. Their biggest strength is their secondary, as their starting five unit has a super high upside, especially if Woods can recapture his form and Henderson looks good as the third cornerback. And then I put their biggest weakness as quarterback, because if this team had guaranteed league average level of play, they would definitely be in the playoff conversation. 
but with the state of this room, they could be picking at the top 10 once again. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode. If you liked it, leave a like, comment, subscribe. Um, follow me on Twitter at FBF underscore podcast. If you're listening to this on um, one of the audio platforms, leave a five-star review, help spread it out. And yeah, I'll be back in a couple of days. See you guys next time.